0: It's time for Off The Clock with Dean Kuchar, the only podcast that brings you business-bron conversations with phenomenal guests, as well as the kind of fun and games that you have come to expect from the Off The Clock events in our Swigert Hall home. Join host Dr. Gene Kuchar each month as he connects with three guests about topics of interest in business that complement what's happening in the classroom, in the Zoom room, and in the field. Now get ready. For Off the Clock with Dean Kucher, brought to you by the Norm Brodsky College of Business at Rider University, right here on 1077 The Brock.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Off the Clock podcast. I am Dr. Gene Kucher, and it is my honor and privilege to be the dean of the Norm Brodsky College of Business here at Rider University. The Norm Brodsky College of Business values the building of human connections and listening to the perspectives of others. The Off the Clock podcast will bring that vital conversation from our Swigert Hall home out to our broader Business Bronc community. In each episode, I will engage one faculty member, one student, and one alumnus, each sharing their unique point of view. And as long as we're off the clock, at the end of the business day, who doesn't like to engage in a little friendly competition? Like our famous off-the-clock events each December, this podcast features a game where one lucky student can win big. Today's topic is internships and co-ops. Our first guest, Lindsay Alvarado, is well known here in the Norm Brodsky College of Business, where she is both our dedicated career advisor and an adjunct faculty member teaching career management courses. Lindsay is a double-degree writer grad, having gotten both her BS in psychology and her MBA. She's the faculty advisor and a fellow brother of the Delta Sigma Pi co-ed business fraternity. Without further delay, let me say hello, Lindsay. Welcome to the Off The Clock Podcast. Now, when you were a student here, was there a similar culture around the importance of internships and co-ops between then and now?
2: Yeah, well, I think we knew that internships were important or getting some type of real-world experience in what you were studying. So, one, you could solidify that it is what you wanted to do after graduation, but also to help build your resume. You know, one thing that I think has really changed is when I was looking for an internship, it was more of a placement. There was a faculty member in my department who oversaw internships and I set up a meeting with her and said, I want an internship. And she actually placed me at an internship. It wasn't a full interview process like it is today. So I think the process has been formalized. Resume submissions, uh, multi-step interviews, job offers. So I think it really went from placement to having to work a little bit harder to get that opportunity.
1: What's big interview? Can you share with the audience what big interview
2: is? Absolutely. So big interview is interview preparation software. So it has lots of great sample questions and how to answer those questions. And they're divided into industry and even level internship versus entry-level managerial. But what is so amazing, especially now, is that it's a video interview software. So lots of companies are now asking students to record videos as part of their application Mm -hmm. and interview process and big interview mimics that. So it will ask you a question and you use your webcam to record your answer and then you can play it back or have a career advisor or even a a friend or family member review your answer and give you feedback. So
1: it's not like a conversation like you and I are having now. It's more you're recording it and then it becomes a file that is, it's either, sent to that employer or you have, um, that could be shareable.
2: So a lot of people, when they think about video interviews, they do think it is like Zoom or Skype or or two-way, but companies are actually sending students a video of someone asking a question. And then there's a little countdown clock, three, two, one, and the student's webcam turns on and they have to provide an answer. So it is quite different than a one-on-one meeting.
1: And it sounds to me like what you're saying is that it takes practice, skill that it's just because you speak to people your whole life doesn't necessarily mean you're ready to speak in an interview that's gonna help you reach your goals. It sounds like practice is really important. Is this something that you cover in that career planning course we have here as a requirement in the college?
2: Yes, absolutely. Big interview is actually an assignment that all students are required to complete. So I have a set of 10 Interview questions that are very common for entry-level candidates or internship candidates, and students record their answers, and then I review them and provide feedback. It
1: sounds it sounds very helpful. So we have been talking about internships, but we should also say that uh, many of our students have what's called co-ops. And of course, you know, if, if you're a senior here, I know you know all about it. But if you're you know still thinking about what these different experiential opportunities are, there's co-ops, and then there's also a newer. Uh, term to add to the list is micro internships. Do you feel like these micro internships co-ops are good good opportunities to shoot for too?
2: Listen, any opportunity to gain real life experience in an industry or organization is amazing for your resume and your own personal development. So whether it is something like a micro internship, which is a project-based opportunity, an externship, which may just be leadership classes or a few days with an employer, a formal internship program, that's usually 10 to 12 weeks or a co-op, which is a six month full-time opportunity. They're all building blocks to being the professional that you wanna be. And they're all opportunities to enhance and grow your resume. So I tell students to seek out any opportunity that interests them. I don't always care what the name of it is. If it's a building block Mm -hmm. to your future and it's experiential and engaged learning, then I'm a huge fan.
1: Thanks so much, I mean, this has all reinforced for me how lucky we are as a college to have you in your role. So thanks so much for being part of this. I wanted to hear about the internship and co-op experience from a current business bronc. So I recently Zoomed with Michelle Isaac. She's a senior double majoring in global supply chain management and business analytics. And she's completed both a summer internship and a co-op that went virtual due to COVID. Michelle's also the president of the Ryder Global Supply Chain Association, a Bonner Scholar, and a member of the Gail Birnbaum Women's Leadership Council. Welcome, Michelle. I'm really pleased that you could join us today. Can you tell us what your first internship experience was like? Where was it? How you got it? What you did there?
3: Yes. So my first internship experience was after my sophomore year. It was during the summer. I interned with Accenture at ETS, so Educational Testing Services. I was a warehouse operations intern. So I was full-time during the summer, so 40 hours weekly, and it's for about a month. So in this role, I got to work in the warehouse. I managed, uh, helped manage and supervise different warehouse teams, learned about the reverse logistics processes that is used to process the exams. And then, yeah, so I got some really great exposure in that area and saw how how it's functioning, how a facility operates. So that was my first experience.
1: So you were working for Accenture at their engagement at ETS. Were there other students that were part of this too, or was it just you and then people from the ETS and Accenture? site
3: yes there's actually a group of us from riders so i heard about the opportunity from professor robert Devonzo he sent us an email he let us know that there's this opportunity at accenture and pretty close to riders so i decided to apply and so it kind of worked out and a group of us went and interned for the month or there were different rotations we all kind of got to experience this and work with different supervisors
1: so that was one month and how many hours this was like a full-time position for the month
3: Yeah, so 40 hours a week.
1: And had you ever worked in a warehouse before that?
3: No, I have never worked in a warehouse. To say it was very different than what I've experienced.
1: Uh Now now let's talk about the outcomes a little bit. Um, What I like to tell students is when they do any kind of internship, That there's, uh, you know, there's a collection of outcomes that they could be getting from it. One is they could just be learning something that will help them in their career that they didn't know before. Two, something that they can put on their resume. Three, they can get engaged learning points for that. Four, they can get academic credit. Five, they could get money. They could get paid. So, and as long as you're doing maybe two of these five things, then it's really worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, And in some ways it might even just be one. So of those outcomes, what were you getting, Michelle, from the ETS Accenture experience?
3: I would say all five. It was great. And a lot of internships and co-ops might fall into that realm and you might not even know it. So, you know, you're getting paid. I got internship credit, which is required for the supply chain major. And there's some other majors Mm -hmm. who have it too, but... I had internship credit for it. I gained experience I've never had before. I have it on my resume. It's a a really big talking point. So no, there's a ton to take out from it.
1: Wonderful. And that was between your sophomore and your junior year, but you had another experience too besides that. Tell us about that one.
3: I did. Yes. So most recently I worked with Bristol Myers Squibb as the pharma supply planning co-op. So this is a little different than internships. So co-ops are typically a little longer, so about six months. So my co-op was eight months and I was full-time, so 40 hours weekly, but I was also a full-time student during the semester.
1: So you're taking classes at night and you're working a full-time job. How were you able to keep the stamina to do the classes in the evenings?
3: <laughs> That's a good question. So I think you can either take uh, online classes as well mm-hmm. or night classes. So I think luckily, um, most of my classes were online, but I did all the work in the evenings. You space it out, you're working your nine to five or whatever it may be. And then I think six to nine or whatever, you come onto campus and you work on your classes. And uh, I think you take about two to three classes and then it's, a, it's a good balance. So you kind of learn how to time manage and it's a good skill right. to have.
1: Well, thank you so much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being a guest here on Off the Clock.
3: Of course. Thank you for having me.
1: Last, but by no means least, our alumni guest today is Andrew Toskovich, a 2011 accounting grad. He has held a variety of finance roles at Johnson & Johnson over the past 10 plus years, creating value for finance, expanding technology, and developing future talent. His career with J&J began in 2010 as a co-op while he was still studying at Rider University for his accounting degree. Since graduating from Rider in 2011, he's lived in New Jersey, California, Massachusetts, and Pennsylvania in different J&J roles, and is currently a finance manager on the acquisition and divestiture team. He stays connected to campus by recruiting for J&J at career fairs and other student-focused events. Hello, Andrew. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Did you have a co-op or an internship while you were an undergrad here?
4: I did. So um Gene yeah, as as I, you know, went into the spring of my junior year, I visited the career fair. That individual at the time, she, you know, advised me rightfully so to go to the career fair. I met with a bunch of different folks from different companies and eventually landed speaking to the representative at the Johnson & Johnson table. And folks may not know this, but, you know, that's that's where I ended up. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later, Gene, but yeah, I, I did have a co-op while I went to Rider. It was a fantastic experience, a bit challenging to manage the time, but I think any student that wants to do it can absolutely make the time.
1: You mentioned a couple of times that term co-op, and yes, the students that are at Rider right now, they get what a co-op versus an internship is, but we might also have some people listening who haven't heard of a co-op before. Can you describe the difference between an internship and a co-op?
4: Sure. So uh, even an internship, I'd stress anyone to think of them as a long interview both you of the company and the company of you. Um, and you want to put your best foot forward. So Ryder is, you know, kind enough to give credits for the co-op, which is really important because it you know, helps you maintain any scholarships, et cetera, that you have. So a co-op to, at J&J, it's a full-time job. It's 40 hours a week. It's doing the core work that an associate analyst would do at, at J&J. You're going to be preparing BVA statements, which is budget versus actuals. You'll be reviewing PLs and for, for any trend analyses and, and obviously forecasting, which is, you know, a core competency of J&J's finance community. Now on the internship side, it's, you know, you'll still do that similar work. It may be project focused. You may build one or two forecasts over the course of your six to eight weeks versus six months in a co-op. So those, probably the time frame is is a right. bit of a difference um, when you think about internship versus co-op. And then when they happen during the year is also a little bit different.
1: It's a lot. Of, I mean, boy, you're doing a full-time job. And then our students are taking more classes in the, uh, you know, at nighttime too, but it's worth it. I mean, the kind of experience that you get from what you've said, it's clearly worth it. You're still at J&J now. So you did a co-op at J&J. You're at J&J. Somehow you were able to parlay that experience while you were a student into a full-time job offer after you finished. You let us know how you pulled that off.
4: Maybe a little bit of luck, a little bit of uh, a little bit of timing, but a lot of it, I was able to in in my role. I was, you know, performing something that was a very manual process as a co-op. It was very email based. It was very you know printed out, sign it, and put it into the system. What I was able to do, there was new technology at the time that we were able to move that entire process into a workflow that was you know, completely automated once it was in the system that would allow the scientists and you know, chemists and biologists, et cetera, to order equipment a lot smoother um, and get the coding that they needed to be able to order that new equipment. And then obviously on the finance side, I would put it into activation on, on the balance sheet and trigger depreciation. So that was kind of the finance lens to it, taking that risk or making a change that impacts your organization, your department, or even just, you know, you and one or one or two other people making those changes and being really invested in making the job better for the person after you and the person after you, I think that's going to be, you know, really key.
1: And so in that experience, and then what you've done at J&J since that experience, you've dealt with student workers from college, whether interns or co-ops. How is that like? Can you talk a little bit about that?
4: You know, the ones that I see that have success, they do a couple of things, right? They take risks. You know, a very simple example of that may be just trying something new that impacts the way that you do your job. I remember one individual, it was cumbersome for him to download the data in in one way, massage it and remap it so that he could present it to leadership. He came to me one day and said, hey, is it okay if I change this? Because it was a process he inherited from the person that he replaced. And I said, yeah, sure. Come up with something. You know, Let's look at it. He came back to me with two different solutions which is always great you know you ask someone to try it one way and they come back with two that that's exceeding expectations right and and we agreed on a path forward and you know that part of his job instead of being a multi-day activity he was able to cut it down to, to hours which we're up against a deadline those days we don't have them it's the hours that are really crucial
1: that's great advice andrew thank you so much for your time i wish you a lot of more continued success and thanks for being a part of our off the clock podcast Want to hear more? Then check out Dean Kutcher's full interviews in our main podcast, Off the Clock, The Complete Conversations. Welcome back to the Off the Clock podcast. I am thrilled now to be here with another key member of our Off the Clock team. You've heard his voice before. You might know him as a professor of legal studies. He's also the MC and the glue that holds the Off the Clock tradition together, Professor Charles Ray. Charles, it's great to have you here.
0: How's it going, Gene? I'm great to be here. It's really, really fun to be back at it.
1: Yeah, and we've had some fun over the past couple of Decembers in our off-the-clock events that we do. Tell me, what's your favorite part?
0: That's such a tough question. I I would have to say I love it all, but for me, absolutely the games. The signature games that we've come up with for our students to to participate in and compete for that rider swag, that part to me is just second to none. So I love to see their competitive spirits come out and it's the games for me.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I'm so happy you said it. I was kind of counting on your saying that. As I was interviewing Lindsay and I was interviewing Andrew and Michelle, I kept thinking one, how much they'd like to get to know each other a bit and two, how competitive I could feel they were. So we decided to bring them back together and also include some of our students. So Charles, tell us what's happening next
0: all right so i guess it's game time
1: so hello to Lindsay, andrew and michelle it's great to have you back charles please explain for our guests just what they've signed on for here
0: i love to gene ladies and gentlemen it's game time the part of the podcast where we bring three of our guests together to compete in the highly unserious game loosely based on business now the exciting part is if you win you as a competitor get nothing But each of you will be playing for a student from our Norm Brodsky College of Business Instagram network who will receive a coveted bag of NBCB swag if you win.
1: Thank you, Charles. Everybody loves swag, so this should work. I'm getting the signal from our production team, too, that our three players now all have received the names of the students that they're playing for. Again, the student names were chosen randomly from among our followers on the uh, Norm Brodsky College of Business Instagram. Oh, by the way, be sure to follow us at Rider Business. Now, I'm gonna ask each of you to please tell us who you're playing for. Andrew, who are you playing for?
4: So I'm playing for Mariah Vargas today.
1: Okay, Mariah is gonna be paying attention. Michelle, who are you playing for?
3: Today I'm playing for Nia Antoine.
1: Okay, lucky, lucky Nia. And then finally, Lindsay, who is your student that you're playing for?
3: I am playing to win
1: for Bart Lilianewski. Playing to win. I think that I see the other two contestants shaking. So let's get started. Let's go. All right,
0: ladies and gentlemen, our first game is called While Supplies Last. This game is based on the fact that there are a lot of, shall we say, interesting products available on the internet. We, the OTC team, will read to you the name and a brief description of three products that are available online. Now. Two of them are real. Spoiler alert, one of them is fake. A correct answer in this round will be worth two points. All right, so Lindsay, you're up first. I'm enlisting the help of our production staff. Here are your three choices. Tricia, you're up.
2: Tomato to Mubble. If your kid loves ketchup and your kid loves bubbles, then your kid will love tomato to Mubble. Ketchup flavored bubblegum, a fun and healthy snack for kids. Hmm.
1: All right, Alec, what do you have? Crystal's freshly minted unisex deodorant, meant to smell like freshly minted cash, leaves you feeling and smelling like a million bucks. Cha-ching!
0: Fancy. And last but not least, Liz. Meet Al Dente, the pasta timer. Drop this high temperature, polycarbonate plastic doll shaped like an Italian chef into your pasta water. He'll sing to you when your pasta is indeed al dente. Oh, those are good products. All right. So, Lindsay, which of those three products do you believe is the fake product?
2: Well, Charles, this is a hard one, but I think I'm going to say tomato to mumble. As a parent, I can't imagine, even as much as my child likes ketchup, that she'd want to chew ketchup or tomato flavored gum. So I'm going to go with that being fake.
0: And I'm going to say that you're absolutely correct. Tomato to mubble is the fake product. All right, Andrew, so you're up next. Here are your three products. Trish, what do you have?
2: This infectious disease coloring book is oozing with hours of gross relaxation and is nothing to sneeze at. It has over 35 pages filled with icky figures like flesh-eating bacteria and parasitic worms.
0: Ew, now my skin is crawling. Alec, please tell me you have something that doesn't make my skin crawl.
1: The K&L pet dog leash umbrella for the pampered pet who refuses to get his dew wet. Now with an adjustable umbrella shaft and a C-shaped handle for hands-free walking.
0: And what do you have, Liz? Need to get pumped while you're primping? A line of razors emits motivational mantras as you shave. There's a, you go girl, line of women's shavers, and a, you got this bro, line of men's shavers.
4: I could see myself using every none of them. Um, so I, I, think, um, I think people will spend any kind of money on their pets. Um, so the, the one I'm gonna say that's fake is probably that singing motivational razor.
0: And you would be absolutely correct, Andrew, that you go girl, you got this bro shavers, are indeed the fake product. Nice.
4: This Ooh. is
1: disappointing. The, my favorite product that I want from each of the first two rounds now is just a phony. So this is just the whole, the whole podcast is a big disappointment for me at this point.
0: So Michelle, here are your three choices. Tricia, what do you have?
2: Cat Facts app will allow you to bombard your friends and family with 30, 60, or even an unlimited number of texts per month, each with trivial facts about kitty cats.
0: Meow. All right, Alec, what do you have?
1: If you're losing sleep because of your roommates or bed partners' incessant snoring, this sound activated device will drop three ounces of cold water to wake him or her up. Comes with attractive and protective rubber pillow shams.
0: And Liz, how about you? SipYourEnemiesGlitter.com. Will send an anonymous and obnoxious glitter bomb in an envelope along with a note telling your recipient just why they deserve this fun surprise.
1: All of these gifts are awesome, but only they're mean. They're all mean, Michelle. I'm not sure what you did to deserve these three mean gifts, but what do you think is the wrong one?
3: Um, No, they're all they are really, really mean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mean.
3: I think. I don't know, the glare one, but I think I really want the pillow to be true. So I might need to go with the cat's back as the phony.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry, Michelle. The cat's back app is an actual app. In this case, uh-huh. the phony one would be the rubber pillow
1: shams. I, when, I, when I heard that, I, it sounds like waterboarding. A new definition of waterboarding. <laughs> well, it's a, a light version, a gentle version. <laughs> But we know boarding, like Reuben Board, that kind of board. <laughs> Good job, folks. You know, I knew that you'd be competitive. After the first round of games, we have a two-way tie uh, with Andrew and Lindsay, with two points each. Michelle, sorry, you've got nothing. But trust me, it's still anybody's game. I believe in you. Um, and I'll also say that you'll have to win in order to know whether those products we just described will be in the swag bag or not. Anyway, let's move on. There is a second game. So there's a chance to, uh, to catch up or to broaden your lead. Uh, earlier in this episode, the three of you all talked about the importance of internships and employment, which actually has a tie into this second game, a little game that we like to call Take This Job and Blanket. Charles.
0: And this game is called Take This Job and Blanket. Now, we have pulled job descriptions from Glassdoor.com. Gene is going to start reading the job description. And whenever he feels like it, he's going to stop and he's going to say, Blank. And then I will call on one of you to fill in this blank. I won't be calling on you in any specific order, so please stay on your toes. There will be six blanks in each job description. So that means there will be two opportunities to respond for each of you. We're gonna be going relatively quickly, so you'll have about three seconds to answer the question. The right answer is worth one point. Shall we get started? Our first job title is barista. You all know what a barista is. Well, here is what Glassdoor says a barista is.
1: Baristas are responsible for making quality blank. Michelle.
3: Quality coffee.
1: Uh, Okay, fine. It was beverages. Comma, specialty hot drinks, preparing food orders, working the blank. Lindsay. Register. Yes, cash register. Right, we'll take register, comma, and cleaning and stocking the store. Baristas must do all of these tasks quickly and efficiently while also making sure to form good blank. Andrew, I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Blank, customer relationships, period. Baristas typically need a high school diploma or equivalent. Additionally, baristas need to have strong English skills and must thrive in an environment that requires blank. Lindsay.
2: Multitasking.
1: Yes, multitasking. The best baristas are dedicated to providing a high-quality customer experience. Responsibilities for baristas include prepare and serve coffee and tea drinks that meet quality standards, properly handle and maintain all equipment, respond to orders, questions, concerns, and blank. Michelle.
3: I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Complaints in a polite and efficient manner. Uh, Accurately handle cash and credit card payments following appropriate cash handling procedures, serve customers quickly and efficiently, demonstrate a thorough understanding of all the blank. Andrew. Policies. Oh, we'll take it. It's menu offerings, but I'll take policies. And observe relevant health and safety standards. That is the job of a barista. Wait a
0: minute. It looks like that last answer is being challenged. I'm getting word that last answer was not acceptable.
1: Yeah, I messed up. That's me. I'm guilty. I get it. I get it. I, get it. I got caught up in the moment, Charles. Like I, it was caffeine and it was competition. Job descriptions. What am I supposed to do? I'm, I, I, I apologize. My fault.
0: We must deduct the point.
1: All right. Fair enough. So thank you guys for playing. I hope you had some fun. It was a great time. (laughs) Uh, You all did well. Different levels of well, but you all did well. (laughs) Well,
3: Lizzie used it very
1: well in that last one. Multitasking cash register are not, they don't roll off the tongue.
2: Well, I got to tell you, I look at job descriptions and resumes for a living. So I may have had a little bit of a leg up there.
1: That's true. Well, you, well, you put it to good use. We all bring strengths to every, everything we play. I, sh- you know, maybe if I had done it all about a global supply chain position than Michelle, Michelle, maybe you would have done a little bit better if that's what, if you that's the way the, <laughs> the cards were dealt. So, but Hey, thank you all for playing. Have any of you ever been a barista before? I've never had a cup of coffee. No. <laughs> <Never>. What? Same. <laughs> what? No well, more, Andrew. <laughs> we've got to work on our screening procedures. Two of our three guests are not uh, caffeine fans. Okay, well, um, that means know, I'm Michelle, the winner. it's up to you and me to balance <laughs> it out for the rest of them. So, well, good. I mean, congratulations for getting, this, getting through life as long as you have without developing the, the caffeine addiction. So. So, 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 hey, thank you all for playing. I think that we've given Charles the chance to tabulate the scores. Charles, will you be able to let us know? Who won so the winner of our game
0: today is Lindsay. Lindsay scored four points, Andrew scored two points, and Michelle scored one. Now, Excellent. as a reminder, Lindsay, could you please tell us who you were playing
2: for? I was playing for Bart Wilinowski. So, congratulations, Bart, Bart. You're getting a swag bag.
1: Congratulations to Lindsay and to Bart for being our off the clock podcast game time winners. Congratulations. And thank you all for being part of the episode, being part of Game Time, and I hope to see you all soon. I want to thank all of our guests and everyone listening for tuning in to our first Off the Clock podcast, one way that we in the Norm Brodsky College of Business are using to stay connected and keep a conversation going. Today's episode's guests reinforced that when it comes to preparing students for their life and career, it's all about the internship. For the employer who's looking to recruit and get a sample of performance, For the intern who's looking to gain valuable experience and learn by doing, it's a win-win. And like anything worth experiencing, it takes work and effort. Finding the opportunities, landing the position, registering for credits, making an impression, learning from the experience, performing in the role, and then seeing where it takes you. Know that our faculty and staff in the Norm Brodsky College are here on the clock to help you with any and all of the above. And we thank you for joining us off the clock to talk about it. Join us next month when we dig into the entrepreneurial mindset, meet some more members of our Norm Brodsky College of Business community, and put them to work in It's Game Time, where they play for our students. Until next time, keep learning.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Off the Clock podcast here on 107.7 The Bronx. Special thanks to our host, Dr. Gene Kucher, our production staff, Alec Grossman, Trisha Adams, and Liz Carrion, and everyone at 107.7 The Bronx, including John Moses and Anthony Calasano. This is your OTC announcer, Charles Ray, saying see you next time when we get together Off the Clock.